Hey everybody, welcome back to The Radical Road. It's Matt and Jess this week, Radical Road updates and love and truth. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road, Twitter at The Radical Road One. Visit our website on theradicalroad.com and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Hey everybody. Welcome back. What's going down, guys? Yeah, we're so glad to be back talking to you guys. We're almost a hundred percent recovered from being sick. I mean, not really. I mean, we are, but we both sit and cough and laugh and sound like we've been lifetime smokers. And she, neither one of us have smoked. Well, she was sick. I haven't anyway. I don't know. She was sick first. It didn't seem too bad. And then I got sick. And it wasn't like awful. I just like was coughing really bad. It was, it was like the same thing I had last year at this time. Somebody said it was probably bronchitis. I don't really know. But then I kicked it back over to you. Yes. And I don't know. So, yeah, we were sitting together the other night and we both started laughing. And we were laughing that we sounded like we've been smoking for our whole entire lives. Yeah. Because we're hacking up long biscuits. We were. And you, you got to be careful doing that out in public because everyone looks at you and thinks you have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly, it's COVID. <laughs> They're like, you're murdering everybody. Stop it. <laughs> Stop coughing. <laughs> so then when you sit there and you try to stifle it, and I swear it just makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and but, then we were sitting here prepping for the podcast, and I took a drink of my lemonade in the microphone, and that just about sent Matt through the roof. You know, he suffers from, what What do you call it, Matt? Well, first off, I wouldn't call it suffering. It's not suffering. I always <laughs> say it's mesothelioma, which is the <laughs> no. which is the thing you get from asbestos, and it's not that. It's misophonia. But, it, but it's an actual thing. Yeah, it's misophonia. Misophonia. And um, let me tell all of you, if you're not familiar what misophonia is, <laughs> it's a strong reaction to specific sounds. Misophonia may cause a reaction to sounds such as dripping water, chewing, snapping gum, or repetitive noises such as a pencil tapping. Um, it's self-diagnosable, <laughs> but <laughs> people with misophonia can become irritated, enraged. This is Matt, by the way, you guys. Or even panicked. Really? This is Matt. Enraged? <laughs> when they hear when they hear trigger sounds so for Matt like I literally could be sitting next to him like at the table or the truck and if it's quiet and we're eating and I have I chew with my mouth closed it's almost like my the walls of my mouth are paper thin and he can hear every single sound that I make when I chew and so we literally, we literally have to um, put him through music therapy. Like we have to play music. Yeah, while she's eating. <laughs> while I'm eating. We have to play music or have the TV on because it drives him nuts. Chewing, gulping, clicking of anything. There's other people that have this too. Like yes. I've, we've met them. We've yes. met some of these people. And like it's. It's pretty, I don't know how to explain it. I said to her one time, I was like, what are you eating? It sounds like your mouth is made of paper. And it's, I don't know. Sometimes I can tune it out, but most of the time I can't. But honestly. No, sometimes having, you even tell me I, it sounds like I'm, like if I eat an orange, you're like, it sounds like the wash machine. Yeah, it sounds like a washing machine. Yeah. But. You know, in all fairness, you know, for a person that has this, I probably married the absolute worst person <laughs> on the face of the earth because 
she eats very fast. Like I do eat fast. That's she, from being and, a hairstylist. Yes, this is what she blames it on. I was a hairstylist, so between for twenty years, for I had to eat between colors or cuts or whatever it was, I had to eat as fast as I could. It's a bad habit. And I was like, okay, we got to figure out how to reverse course on this because it's not helping my mesolophenia. I actually would like to slow my eating down (laughs) for sure. Well, then now, like we're in a truck, people. This is close quarters. So now (laughs) it's not just eating. It's, oh, I got to floss my teeth while you're driving down the road. (laughs) And I'm like... Are you kidding me? Are you going to cut your toenails on the dash too? Like, this is not cool. Um, We need to find some space for you to do these things, not around me. But I don't know how that's possible. Because, like, when I get up, I'm ready to go. We don't have time for sitting in the bathroom for an hour. I'm ready to go. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. We may have time for that now. Fun little fact about Matt Peeler. Yeah. I don't know if that's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. My small nipples are a fun fact. Oh my my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) But but the days are getting shorter, you know. Why don't you tell the story about why this came up, the small nipples? No, we don't need to get it. Yeah, that's a fun story. It's not a well, it's kind of a long story though. You're gonna tell it right. So we can tell tell it right. We can tell it on another episode. No, go for it. Okay, so it's a good one. Jess is out of town and there was an Oklahoma. There was a thing going on at church for it was like uh just like a get together for connect group leaders. So we were we did connect leading with another couple and and at at some point in the year, I don't even remember when it is, but they get to get everybody together and it's just kind of like just a chance for people that are doing the same thing to get together and have fun and connect have fun and connect as leaders. And there's a few awards and things, but it's mostly just about, you know, hanging out and having fun. And so Jess had got a call from the gentleman that runs all the connect groups and asked her if we would be willing to be on a, a questioning question panel, Q and a panel. And she goes, well, I'm not going to be here, but Matt will probably do it. So we go to this thing and there's like different games that happened. I think we played like Family Feud or something, which my team won, by the way. And then we did some other things, but it gets to this panel and it's like, it's three of us and the, the leader of the connect groups. He's asking the questions. So I have a, a woman on and my he left. he has this magnificent... Irish accent, too, by the way. Yes, he's Irish. Yes. Um, but I have a woman on my left. It's me in the middle. And then one of our pastors next to me. And then the leader. So the first question is, you know, tell us who you are, how long you've been going to this church. And then basically, like a fun fact about you <laughs> that no one would know. So the woman next this to me. This is church, y'all. <laughs> this is the wo- the woman next to me. She's like goes through it, and she's like, "I ride horses, but I can actually stand on a horse and ride it, like standing on it." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness! Like, how in the heck am I supposed to be that?" Talent. Like, I'm like one of those jack of all trade guys. Like, I don't do anything magnificent. I just know a lot of stuff. So it gets to me and I'm like, you know, the way my brain works, I instantly had an answer I wanted to say, but I was like, no, I should definitely not say that. And so I go, yeah, my name, how long I've been at church. And I go, I don't know. I feel like everybody kind of knows me pretty well. I'm just like an adventurous kind of guy. I like to go do adventures. And the Irish guy's like, no, 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 you cannot say that. Everybody knows this about you. And I'm like, well, that's what I just said. And I go, I don't know. I have kind of unusually small nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the place just loses it, like absolutely loses it. So and then, let me pause for a second. So 
here I am in a hotel room in Oklahoma City with um, our daughter and because we were hanging out together and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up and it's all of our friends that are sitting listening to this in the audience the other leaders of the connect and they're like oh you would not even believe what just went down (laughs) you would not believe what matt just said but the best part for me was like the pastor (laughs) sitting next to me he has to go next and every time he starts to try to talk, he just starts bursting out in laughter. He can't even talk. And I'm like, I had no idea my nipples were going to go over that well, but it, <laughs> it did. And then afterwards, we had like a contest to see who had the smallest. And I would won. Like, I won the contest. <laughs> and literally, funnest church ever, right? Like, just so fun. You can't. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. And then, but, you know, I get done. I sit down and I look at my phone. Here's my wife sending me messages. What did you do? <laughs> I'm like, I how did you embarrass me now? <laughs> I'm like, I may have made a comment about my nipples. <laughs> it ended up being the highlight of the night, though. And it became a ongoing joke for a while. Yeah. So now I'm the nipple guy, which I don't know if that's good or not, but that's truth. Yeah. Truth. So, Speaking of truth. Truth. Well, I want to touch on something real quick. Yeah. What? Last time we recorded, it was right before the election. Now we're after the election. And, you know, I don't know. People don't like to talk about this stuff. And it's very interesting to me because I'm extremely passionate about this country and what goes on. And I feel like as a Christian man, you know, part of our job is to, you know, look at what's going on in the world and go, Hey, that's not truth. That's not truth. That's, that's a lie. What's getting sold is not good for this country. A lot of people don't want to do that, but I don't know. I think it comes into play into our topic today because I just, it's funny for me after election happens there's like this wave of emotion, right? Because initially I'm just like mad, (laughs) like legitimate anger. I'm like, how is this possible? What, that the red wave turned into the red trickle? The red wave turned into the red puddle? Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. I don't know. Whenever anybody starts talking that way, I always get nervous because it puts these preconceived notions into people's heads and then it affects the way things go down, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I was angry and then I'm like, like legitimately was sitting there going, that's it. We're going to find the reddest state we can find. We're going to move there. (laughs) And if people want to do all this nonsense, they can do it in Chicago, New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, wherever they want to do it, Philadelphia. Um, I just, I'm done with it. And then, of course, I have to get back to this point of perspective. And it's just like, I don't know, it was really eye-opening to me. And, you know, when we started talking about this topic... You know, one of the things for me was about love and truth was, you know, we're out here on the road and we're meeting all these people. And I've said this time and time again, like we meet people every day. We're stepping into different churches all the time. And let me just add, you you really can't, our, our point to this episode today is that you can't have truth without love, nor love without truth. Yeah. But I just really got to this point where I was going, you know, how our people are missing something. And I keep saying this to people. I'm like, and God keeps giving me this message of people are not understanding him. Number one, the love that he brings, the truth that he brings. And I feel like this is an important message that needs to get across because it keeps coming up like over and over and over again. I'm just like, 
this person's not getting it. They're not understanding God's love because if they understood it, it puts all these other things into perspective. So this is where I had to get with the election. Like, Well, and I think, honestly, along the lines of that, with a changing political and cultural landscape, it's an opportunity to remain faithful and present Christ to the world and to society um, in a really loving and truthful way. Like we need to step up as Christians and show both yeah, to society right now. And I don't know why I think this way, but, you know, I always get back to this point of like, um, end times, you know, like I'm not this, I'm not one of these guys that has a bunker and saves up food and all this stuff and just sitting around waiting for the end times. But the simple fact of the matter is like, we're going to lose for a while but I don't want to think that way, you know? So I get back to this point where I'm just like, well, what are you going to do? Like, you just got to pluck one person off one at a time, right? Like, that's what we're here to do. But anyway, I'll get off my political soapbox. <laughs> well, because I mean, that's a discussion for another time, but we just I'm, have to be very careful being Christians in today's culture. We just have to be very careful because I think sometimes we get so passionate about being biblically aligned with the truth, right? The only truth, the word, the Bible. And I think sometimes we get so passionate about that and we're seeing what's happening is everything against what it says in the word of God right now, as as far as our leadership, there's no justice in our leadership right now. And so I think we as Christians are tending to get too passionate and too aggressive and too angry at times. And it's okay to be angry, but to carry that anger is when it becomes a problem. There's this pastor from Brooklyn that um, quoted, his name's Rich uh, Villadas. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, And he said, it's so easy to be discipled by an angry culture that we deceive ourselves in thinking it's the fruit of the Spirit. So we need to remind ourselves as Christians that we are the carriers of the fruit. We need to carry God's fruit. And that part of that is love. And sometimes we get carried away and we, we don't, we, we get so carried away with our own passion with politics that we forget to carry that fruit and show that to others. Yeah. Well, my mind thinks so big, like, I don't, like, it's hard for me to find the patience to, you know. That's fruit. To get to <laughs> one person when I see all these lies being cloaked in supposed love towards people. And I'll give you an example. You know, it's like, you know, this bill of sale that, oh, it's not about abortion. It's about women's right to medical care like this whole lie gets wrapped up in love you know we care so much about women we're gonna fight for your medical care and i'm like this is such a lie like they don't care about you they care about killing your culture and your people Mm -hmm. so but like to sit there and say, oh, we care about you. It, it just is aggravating. So for me, I sit here and I go, okay, how do, how do you, how do you bring truth to like a whole lot of people as quickly as possible? It's like, it's hard to stay patient in that sometimes. Yeah. Well, and as we've spoke before, love can be, and you were just saying love love is distorted sometimes love can be a firm love love can be a soft love and there's a definition of love from the dictionary that i want to read um it's from the oxford dictionary and it says an intense feeling of deep affection or it's a great interest and pleasure in something but biblically when we love it's a reflection of how god loves us 
And like Matt was saying earlier, it's just a true reflection. And the more that we read in the word, we start knowing, the more that we get into the truth, into the word, we start feeling his love. We start knowing his love and what that really means and what that looks like. And it's not always agreeing. It's not always accepting um, the policy of abortion, right? Being pro-life versus being, you know, really choosing to murder, basically. Like, we're not going to say, oh, we, we love you so much. We agree with you. No, like, we can't get on board with that. We can't get on board with killing babies. So that's not biblical. That's not biblical foundation. That's not biblical truth. But loving people is bringing them truth. So Tim Keller actually has this amazing quote. I just uh, love this quote says, love without truth is sentimentality. It supports and affirms us, but keeps us in denial about our flaws. Truth without love is harshness. It gives us information, but in such a way that we cannot really hear it. So if we come at people that we don't agree with, with truth, and we just start pounding them with apologetics or semantics, then but we don't have any love behind that. They're not going to want to listen to us. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to somebody screaming at them or telling them. You're wrong because this scripture says this. Yep. Or like what I say to you sometimes, stop mothering me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, there's that too. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's just sometimes it's delivery. But, like, people receive love in different ways, right? Like, and it's the wording, it's the it's the motivation behind it, whatever. But I don't know. I just, right now, I, I can't get off this thing of, like, I'm not seeing a whole lot of love. You know what I mean? Like, do people even understand what this what this is? You know, for me, it's very simple. What is it that everybody says? God is love. Love is God. However you say that. I'm not good with the catchy phrases, but, you know, people say this all the time and like, it was very hard for me to wrap my head around what that meant. You know, what does that mean exactly? Like, if you're going to define it, you know, love is a feeling. Well, how do you get this feeling from God? Like, how does it show up in my life? Um, so it took me a while to figure out how to get to that. And, you know, I think it's the whole purpose. Like that, that statement is so true because what's trying to happen is us as believers, as Christians, what God is trying to do through us is basically bring love, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what it really boils down to. So, but you like, but it is truly finding interest and care for people, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, seeing them in a di- through God's eyes, but saying you are flawed. I'm flawed. We're all flawed. You are flawed, but there's better for you. And it's speaking that truth and love and saying, you know, you're not in a good place but there's better for you. And it's speaking truth into people. Why would we leave people in stagnant motion, right? Like why would we leave them stuck? Right. Like we're meant to grow. But that's what we do. Because people are scared to speak truth. Well, we've got this. But it's how we speak truth. Well, we've got this whole vision of love distorted, you know, it's about a feeling for, it's become about an individual feeling. And that's not, That's not what God's trying to get through to us. Like, I just think about the simplest examples of, you know, you know, because immediately you start getting on love and truth and everybody's wants to dive into like problems, right? Certain problems like, oh, this person's saying they want love, but, you know, I, I feel strongly that love is around purpose, you know? Like if you have purpose in your life, that's what brings love to people, right? So I think about simple examples of how like you feel 
when you go, I mean, this is dumb because, but like you go to a homeless shelter and you give of your time and you, you know, you have this moment of where you're giving back. It makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Like people need to understand why that makes them feel good. Like it puts purpose on them and you're bringing love to somebody who really doesn't have it. Well, and I think that's true for everyone. I think we all teeter one way or the other. I think we, we all lean either, either we lean towards truth or love, but we need both. Yes. We need both to live out God's fullness. I think we have both, but I think each of us lean towards one more than the other. And I think that's due to our, our history, how we're raised, you know, our background on truth versus love and what we've lived out, right? And whether or not we do really know God's love and what that means. Right. So. And just to go back to that example, like, this is one of the reasons why I get frustrated with the whole homeless thing like going to places and serving the homeless and stuff. This is where my patience gets tested again because you go and do that and you feel great and everything, but I feel like there could be more done, you know, because you're doing this act of love, but like, is anybody understanding why? Like I never understood why, okay, you're going to bring a church into a homeless shelter to serve them food, but you're not even going to let them, let us talk to them. Like they kind of put the kibosh to that where you can't even talk to them. And I'm sitting there going, well, what is the point of me even being here? Like I'm giving them a touch of love. I get that. But then it just kind of stops because this is like an area where people really need some truth in their life. Right. You know, you go to places like Seattle and Portland, Oregon right now, and the homeless is just out of control. And I'm just sitting there going, you know, you're letting them live on the streets over. This is a perfect example of people just saying, we don't give a crap about you. Like, this is as good as you're going to get. And that's how we see you. So we're just going to let you camp up and set up shop wherever you want in the city. And I'm just like, that's not loving. That's not truth. Like, if this is all we think of people is that this is the best you can do is live in a tent on the side of the interstate. Like seriously, there's no love in that whatsoever. You know, people need to get on the streets there and go, Hey, there's something more better for you. How do we get you help? And I mean, more better. Is that, is that more better? More better. That's not proper, proper English. Is it? Well, better. I'm not perfect, (laughs) but you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm using that as an example of like, to me, that's not love and truth. To me, that's just pushing a problem to the side and saying, we don't want to deal with you. Here you go. Like, I mean, these people are getting checks every month and stuff too, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous to me. And I'm just going, really? This is what we think of these people? To me, that's not love. That's not truth. Like... I don't know. I mean, I don't have the answer here, but to me, that's just backwards. And I think it's a perfect example of like where love and truth come into play, right? Like let's actually do something to get these people to be productive and have purpose in their life. Well, I think what happens to what I find happens often is Christians get so caught up in truth and then there's a lot of harshness. There's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of clumping sins together, right? We put them in categories from lesser sins to greater sins. And that's not the way it works. Like all sins are equal in the eyes of God. So we need to remember that love is actually showing grace to people, like showing people grace and letting them know that There's forgiveness. I mean, we're, I think we sometimes just get caught up in truth. And, and I'll I'll tell you me, for example, when I'm, I love to sit and talk about the Bible because I dig into the Bible. But if 
I'm having a conversation about apologetics nonstop, then, you know, what good is that? Right? Right. What good is that? Like you have to be able to have love with it. And love is worshiping is is a form of worship too. And and just like just surrendering and worshiping. That's love as well. So um, but when we feel that um in worship and in surrender and prayer, then we can carry that on to people as we as we interact with them, as we talk with them. Yeah. We don't want to be those Christians that are walking around pushing people away because we're just shoving the Bible down their throats yeah. and apologetics down their throats. Well, you know, I've brought this up to several people, but you know, when we first started the radical road and started doing this whole thing, you know, we didn't know what to expect at first. We kind of thought it was going to be one of these things where we just started grabbing people at the truck stop and we're talking about God or whatever. And, and like, it hasn't panned out that way. Like it's, crazy cool things have happened but you know when it first started you know I, I kept hearing God's voice tell me see what I see see what I see and you know and then the whole song popped up from Elevation Worship do you see what I see? like every church we went into this was getting played and you know I really had to change I mean, not a ton, but like it changed my perspective of how I was seeing people because, you know, because of the things that are going on in the world right now. And it started, it seemed to start around COVID, you know, the lockdowns and vaccines and, you know, transgenderism and women's sports and like the list just goes on and on and on and on. But in the middle of that all, is where I'm, where I'm starting to hear this and I'm going, you know, we, we need to start looking through the lens of God at people instead of, you know, just going, it's beyond just pointing out truth. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to do that and everything, but this is how big my brain works. Like I sit there and I, and I look at things that are going on with politicians and, you know, it's fresh in my head because of the election and everything. But I'm like, I would love to sit down with somebody like Nancy Pelosi, AOC, you know, Chuck, whatever his name is from New York. <laughs> um, just, you know, any of these politicians on the Democrat side, because I just want to go, like, I just want to talk to them. Like, they don't get challenged in any way because we don't control the communication at all. So it's like, I just want, I want them to understand, like nobody's understanding anybody and I don't know what to do with it. But. So a great example of, <clears throat> you know, loving on people too is because we are out in the streets um, often, and we're just out and about. We do see a lot of culture. We see a lot of um, the transgender community. And so, you know, it'd be pretty easy just to judge them, right? But going back to what Matt said, it's like, think how God thinks. See how God sees. Because, yes, the way that they're living is is going against scripture. It's scripturally wrong. It is if you speak truth into them, it's wrong. Um, and there's scripture to back that up. That's not our place to judge them. Our job is to love people because how does their sin that they're living in as transgenders, how is that any different than someone that has a drug addiction or um, a porn addiction? Those are sins. So I think that's where it goes back to what I was saying. We like to clump sins together and you can't do that. Like, no one's, we're all in this process of life together. And it's just looking at each of each other and saying, I love you the way that you are. I, it's not my job to judge you. Um, but then also when you build a relationship in love with people, then that allows you to open up the doors to speak truth into people and to, and to speak to them, you know, I love you so much, but in scripture, this is what it says. And so I can't get on board with that, but I love you. I love who you are, right? 
So our sins don't define us. There's grace, there's forgiveness. And that's part of the problem, right? Is like, you see the problems of the world and you look at it so high level, you come to the realization that it's not possible to fix that. It is about relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have relationship with people in order to speak truth and love into their life. Yeah, there's um, scripture in First Timothy 1.5 and it says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. And then if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love is glad when truth is spoken. So see, they go together. Love is glad when truth is spoken. They, they, they really just, you can't have one without the other. Um, and then Ephesians 4, 15, speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, Christ. This is really good, powerful scripture that just really lets you know that you can walk around loving everybody, but if there's no truth behind your love, then that's just being sentimental. Or something. I don't know what it is. No, and I don't know. I just got to thinking about this because of the whole, like you hit on a good point with the whole relation aspect. And I just put two and two together because I'm sitting here thinking, if God's love flows through us to other people, like it starts with a relationship with him. He wants us to have a relationship with people. Like that's how you get it to flow, right? Like, if I don't know God and who he is and who his love is, how do I expect to know how to love somebody else, right? Absolutely. So the relationship piece of it becomes extremely important. Otherwise, like, I don't think I understood love until I knew God and who he was and how he loved me. Because it's just mind-blowing, not able to wrap your head around it, but you can feel it like it's a feeling, right? And then. But you also know how flawed you've been in your life. Right. And how he can unconditionally love you. So. Right. And then you, then you can understand how we can love people that are flawed. And I've said this pe- to people for years. I'm like, how can you sit and understand somebody and, and pass judgment on them? Like, I just know everything I've been through in my life and I'm going, well, what, where is it my place to say anything about what somebody else has done? You know, how can I say that's wrong? You know, you can say something's wrong because for instance, somebody's about to walk off a cliff. You can say, don't do that. Like that's obviously not the right thing to do, but you know, that's also a, a trick of Satan. It's like, Hey, you've done this. You're not in a place to talk about this, but that's not true either. You know, there's something that comes with experience and wisdom. You gain wisdom with experience so you can pass that on to people. But, you know, I really needed to understand that before I could start pumping my wisdom and my love into other people. And it came with a relationship with him. And it comes with a relationship with people to have the foundation there to go, hey, I've known you long enough that I want to speak some truth into your life because you're really going into a bad place right now or, you know, whatever it is. But I think you really hit on something there with the relationship piece of it. I really like this too. True truth is loving and real love is truthful. You cannot divorce the two. If you find yourself justifying what you're going to say or do in the name of truth or in the name of love, you're probably being neither truthful nor loving. When it comes to truth and love, don't be content to err to one side or the other. Again, like I was saying earlier, you have to have both. And um, I got this from redeeminggod.com, by the way. So, And if you haven't noticed, we love quotes. 
Yeah. I love quotes. I'm always looking up quotes. Some of, you know, there's things that stick in your head that are reminders. Well, there's a lot of brilliant people that have been living on this earth throughout the years. And some of the most profound things that have been said. And it's just fun to go back and like, I even found a quote from Helen Keller that <laughs> is just cr crazy. I'm like, after I read it and I go, oh, it's Helen Keller. I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. Cause what I grew up when Helen Keller like the jokes were going around. So, but anyway, she said this, she said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. I was like, whoa, you know, I get where she, her perspective is so much different being a blind person. But when you understand God's love and you understand what love can do in your life, that is a powerful quote because I just, I think about the things in my life that have touched me so much. It's always come through the heart. Um, and then I got another one too. And this is for the women because this is so fascinating to me. And it just, I just happened to stumble on this and I wanted to throw it in there. But um, a gentleman said, a woman's heart sh should be so hidden in God that a man has to seek him just to find her. I was like, whoa, that is so in opposite thinking of how the world is right now in terms of dating and relationships and stuff. There is a lot of truth in that. Um, and, you know, people want to say, well, the times have changed. This and, the, you know, we're living in a different world now. I'm telling you, I've said this a million times. The Bible solves a lot of problems yeah. and it speaks a lot of truth. And when you take it and read it and apply it to your life, it's amazing right. how everything gets in order, including love, the way you receive it, the way you give it, it can just. Yeah. And if you truly love the people in your circle of life in, and you know truth and things come up that are off or aren't, aren't, don't seem right, then you need to, it's your mandate to to speak truth and love into them and don't give them a free pass. Don't give them a free pass and let them know that's why you're speaking truth is because you do love them and you want better for them. The hardest conversations I've ever had with people were the people I cared about the most. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't want to say things sometimes because we don't want to hurt people, but who are you as a person if you're letting something slide that you know is leading a person down the wrong path. Right. And it's iron sharpening iron, really. Like we need those people in our lives. That's what makes us better. I appreciate, especially my friends that I have in my life that are my iron that sharpen me. Um, because we all get off track. We all um, don't, we have blind spots, right? And we need other people to speak loving truth into us. Yes. It took me a long time to figure that out. Like, I was always the person to kind of turn the blind eye. They'll figure it out on their own, that kind of thing. And, no, there's something, there's something honorable and there's something of purpose when you speak into somebody's life and go, Hey, listen, this is probably going to sting a little bit, but it's because I see what's happening and I don't, I want better for you. It was a hard journey to get to that. And I will just add to that too. You know, I'm married to you and sometimes we don't receive messages from our spouses the same way we would from a close friend. And I feel like sometimes in marriages, there's people on the outside seeing things that are afraid to say something um, that are getting said in the, in the marriage that are causing hurt and pain. But 
if somebody on the outside would have just grabbed that person and said, hey, this is what I'm seeing, something different could come out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I feel... Like give, give the audience an example. I don't have an example. Oh. Not off the top of my head. I'm just thinking about this because, of course, we've been married before. And I just remember when I got divorced at the end, people started telling me all these things after the fact. Right? Okay. So you You had blind spots that you didn't see. Right. Okay. I'm following you now. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I kind of wandered there a little bit. You did. there There was a point because, you know, I get to the end of the relationship and all these people started coming to me going, well, this, this, and this, and, you know, whatever it was, like just the most random things that people saw from the outside looking in. And I was just like, well, why didn't you say something? Well, I was afraid to. I'm like, man, you know, maybe that could have changed the dynamic of some things or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to still think of an example, but like sometimes we don't receive certain things from our spouse that we're doing that if one of my friends would have said something, maybe it could have changed something. Which is a great point. You know, when we have people that do love us and speak truth into us, it's also um, being able to receive that truth, right? It's being able to not get easily offended and to be able to receive the truth, knowing that they do love us. And that's why they're speaking truth into us. Yeah. I mean, I got a best friend that I've had for 20 years and we've had some of the toughest conversations you could possibly have. But to this day, I'm like, this is one of the reasons why we're still friends. Like we've literally stood by each other through everything we've ever been into. And when it was time for one of us to say something to other one, we said it like, like we had to say it because we're, we just cared about the person too much, you know? Like, I care about you too much to let you make this mistake or, you know, whatever it is. Like, there's a bazillion things that right. people have conversations about. But Right. So stop the sentimentality, the sugarcoating with your friends or your family and love them in a different way. And I will tell you, like, truth. Everybody wants truth, but sometimes people aren't always receiving of it. So... I don't know. I feel like... uh, Well, it's all in the delivery. I mean, right? I've been listening to a lot of your conversations lately with some people and, you know, you're always kind of preface things with like, listen, I need to tell you something, but I'm telling you because I care about you deeply. And, you know, when you kind of lay the groundwork that way, I think that helps a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's probably other ways you can address conversations, but man, I just. And there's power in that. Yeah. There's so much power in that because, um, I don't know, we need each other. People need each other. And I think that's the biggest problem in society today and the culture today, this cultural landscape that we're talking about, this political landscape is there's not enough truth and love. There's not enough of that. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things when we first moved to Salt Lake City and we started going to the, this church called The Well, um, the pastor there always said this quote like every single week pretty much. He goes, come as you are, but don't stay that way. And I'm like, man, it's so true. Like you need to grow in life. The piece of that that I wish he would add on to that is like you need people. Like you need people to push you along to sharpen your iron, to speak truth in your life. And like, you need people that care about you and not just your wife or your husband. Like you need a community around you. These People will push you and make you grow because they care about you. Yeah. Um, So anyway, we love all of you. (laughs) And we hope that you uh, love all the truth that we bring to you every week. I was a little nervous about the episode. I'm like, where's this going to go? You know, (laughs) we don't like, none of this is orchestrated. We don't have scripts. Like 
we just kind of like we want to be very authentic um we definitely have points that we want to make but when we sit and talk about these things it's just like let's go for it and um you never know how it's going to turn out so but this one i was like where where's this one going to go today so it there was a lot in there so let's um a lot, finish. Of, a lot of scripture a lot of quotes yeah let's finish off with prayer Yes, so if any of you are not wanting to stick around, you can hop off now, but we would love for you to pray with us and join us in agreement. Um, so dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you. We thank you for this audience. We thank you for this podcast. <clears throat> we praise you for the platform that you've given Matt and I to um, hopefully uh, speak your words, Lord, that um, our, that it's your words that come out of us, Lord, that touch each and every person that's listening. Lord, we just pray that you show each listener how to live out truth and love equally, Father God, your truth and your love. Lord, we just pray that that spreads on everyone in their circles, that they know exactly how to present truth and love to everyone in their circles that you teach them um, to not be harsh, to not be too sentimental, Lord, that they are aligning with your scripture and who you are and how you love us and how you see us. Lord, we just pray that you give us each your eyes and you teach us how to um, reach others, Lord, that we have boldness and we have courage to speak the truth in love. And Lord, we just pray that um, everyone in our circles knows that we care about them deeply, that they each feel that. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you for the listeners and their week ahead. We pray that you bless each of them, Jesus, that you protect each of them, that, you're, that your angel armies are just surrounding them and protecting them and their families. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. Amen. That's all for this week. We'll see you on the road. See you next time. Bye.